In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. found no proscenium the voice of everything immersive i'm your host noah nelson and welcome to episode 425 of our ongoing exploration of the immersive cosmos joining us this week is gree war hallberg the artistic director of copenhagen-based sisters hope a performance group and movement organized around the idea of creating an ecological awareness of connectivity outlined in the book sensuous society carving the path towards a sustainable future Sisters Hope was the group behind the event Sensuous Governing, which took place at the Danish consulate in Edinburgh as part of the 2023 Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is where our own Toronto correspondent Katrina Latt encountered the group's work. Katrina will also be joining me today as co-host. Before we get there, I just wanted to thank everyone who came out to our meetups this past Monday in New York City and L.A. at the Cell Theatre and the Roguelike Tavern, respectively. We had packed houses in both spots, and we're definitely going to do this again sooner than later. Not so much that it loses its specialness, but look out for more events later this spring. Remember, no pro backers get first crack at tickets to these things, along with access to our Discord, where you can connect with fans and creators, and it's the only way to get the newsletter these days. Head over to patreon.com slash for the hookup. This week, we've got a raft of new and returning backers to thank MKK Turner, Carl Miller, David Thomas, and Nicole Thayer. Thank you all for joining up. You are keeping us going in times that are not easy for independent media, uh, particularly as a bunch of people have lost their jobs and are starting new things. Uh, but we've been out here. We've been out here for 10 years and kept alive thanks to all of you. As always, big thanks to our sustaining backers, Samuel Mostry, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Daryl, John Boulette, Cameo Wood, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentis, Kurt Collins, Ryan, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, Lecker LeCool, the Ministry of Peculiarities, and Jan Budman. And hey, if you want to hook this community up with something special, reach out to me at noah at nopersinium.com. Uh, we are always have the door open to talk about sponsorship and other things of that nature. Uh, if you've got a show that you're uh, looking to get attention for, two ways to do that. Go to www.everythingimmersive.com and submit the show into our listing system. That's how things get in the newsletter and become candidates for our coming soon coverage. And you can also fire off at pitches at noprosinium.com. Uh, great idea to do that after you've filled out uh, the Everything Immersive, because uh, then you can say, hey, I already did this and, and you know, wanted to reach out about reviews or whatever you're, you're after at the moment. Okay, uh, with that, let's get into this week's episode. Joining us this week is Grewar Hallberg, the artistic director of the Copenhagen-based performance group and movement spearheading a new wave of performance artwork called Sisters Hope. Grie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
Also along for the ride this week is Katrina Latt, our Toronto correspondent, who had the pleasure of taking in Sisters Hope's sensuous governing, which took place at the Danish consulate in Edinburgh during last year's Edinburgh Fringe. Katrina, back so soon. I'm so excited to talk to you both about this. I love this show during Edinburgh Fridge and having the opportunity to chat with Gree about this show and the other works that Sisters Hope is doing is such a treat. Very good. I'm going to I'm gonna hope that you can take a lot of the reins here because you did get to see the work and so you're going to have much more informed questions than me who's just like looking at websites and program descriptions and trying to come up with smart things to say. So you're in charge this week is what I'm saying. Uh, but Gree, you were just in New York and I'm just curious as to what you were you were up to while you're while you're in uh, New York City. Yeah, I mean, we've been uh, manifesting our performance pieces and uh, art activist practice primarily in a Northern European context. Um, and I think our our specific uh, performance artistic approach has also grown out of this geographical area. So, and we have developed what we have come to turn inhabitational art. So inhabitational art is something that moves beyond both spectatorship, but also moves beyond temporary a participation into more permanent inhabitation of the artworks um, and so we thought okay that would be interesting to bring this out of a European context into a US context and see how that or a Northern American context to see how that response how the response would be in this geographical area and also um, we work with what we call democratizing the aesthetic. So this inhabitational artwork is also about opening more poetic and what we call sensuous, which is primarily sensory based modes of being in the world, to open that up to as many people as possible. So we also perceive it at least both as a performance practice, but also as a movement. So, uh, yeah, to expand beyond our own geographical area actually so we were there to explore and learn and listen and understand context understand context i guess with the the possibility of of doing some of this inhabitational work yes here here in north america yes so maybe just just to give people something to hook into um and maybe actually maybe the edinburgh show because uh, that that was that was not a long term piece. There's there's some long durational work you're doing. I'm really fascinated about that. But uh, Katrina saw that, and uh, and that was also in some ways kind of a, a mission to Edinburgh to like bring bring the 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 work and both in the sense of like a piece of work, but also the movement. I wonder if you could tell us a bit about uh, sort of how sensuous governing was constructed what it was and Katrina this is this is where it's great for you to like jump in with like your impressions of, of what you caught as well but Gree uh, we'll start with you okay so in all our performances we are exploring different aspects of what we call a sensuous society uh, and we wrote this sensuous society manifesto in 2008 as a response to the financial crisis but also as a response to the ecological crisis and other crises of our time and uh, uh, the Sanchez Society Manifesto suggests a potential new world, a potential new future, where the aesthetic dimension is the governing principle. And by aesthetic, we do not mean, of course, beauty or style or form, but uh, sensuous or sensory perception. 
Um, so in our performances, we are exploring different aspects of a sensuous society. And in sensuous governing, we are then moving into a governing institution. At first, it was actually meant to be at the city hall, but we didn't get access. Mm. <laughs> we have had access in Copenhagen, but we didn't get access in Edinburgh to the city hall. Uh, so we had the Danish consulate, which is, of course, a different scale. <laughs> but still, uh, it was during working hours at the Danish consulate. So the idea was to kind of uh, move in with a sort of more with softer bodies. And also there is this radical softness movement where um, that's understood as an activist movement because being soft in public space is activist in and of itself because public space is defined by hardness. Mm. So this contrast between a governing structure and a soft movement into that structure. And then of course, the poetic self exercise, we have our own performance methodology. So the poetic self is quite important in that. It's where people are invited to explore the poetic landscapes within and manifest that. Potentially, the poetic self could be the self of a sensuous society. So, sensuous governing is kind of a peephole into our universe. Uh, so, Sister Soap is like an ongoing universe. It's not a fiction. It's it's not it's so and so. The people facilitating are not role playing. They're not characters, but they are when they are with Sister Soap, the performers. They are present in their poetic self, and then they step in this particular manifestation sensuous governing they step into the function of evoking so they were evokers which means to open and so this is also the evokers look like this with the long black dresses and the white shirts and i think you call it ghost 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 girls or something ghost it was funny it was quite <laughs> but that's the evoker costumes that's what that's like you know any other function like some functions in in uh, working life as uniform and this is the evoker costume so these bodies move into this governing structure to kind of open a people into this potential new world of a sensuous society and then uh, there is also this um, invitation to explore your poetic self and it was also it's because it it was short it was not inhabitational but at fringe it was still quite long it was three to three hours or something, right? So we had to find something that could enter into that context and open this people the, uh, within a framework that's not ours. We kind of create our own frameworks, ideally, but we're still working within an art industry that has other modus operandus, right? Like, for example, a certain time frame for a show, which we would not understand as a show. But as a manifestation, a people, a crack into a sensuous society, a small opening. Yeah. I find that so fascinating that um, the space that you had at the, the Danish consulate wasn't your initial spot because part of what made that show resonate with me was that space and moving up the, um, there's a spiral staircase that we were moving up. So it's, it's, it's very fascinating for me that that wasn't the initial set that you were dealt with because you did such an immaculate job of really incorporating that into it. 
uh, I actually saw Sensuous Governing uh, on my very first day in Edinburgh. I was incredibly jet lagged. I was so tired. And that show just rejuvenated me. It, it almost felt like a, a meditation. Um, it, As you were saying, it really helped me ground myself and connect with my senses. And I really do think that that helped set the tone for the entire festival for me and being very present. And I like what you were saying, too, about being vulnerable in public space, um, especially as you know, a, a woman who's traveling in a foreign culture and foreign country, uh, even though Europe is very safe. Um, always have your guards up you know it's always the, the type of thing where I'm, I'm more um, guarded and more wary whenever I'm traveling abroad versus back home and again I really do think that going to sensuous governing on that very first day um, not only helped ground me but helped me open myself up to artistic expression experience in general so I'm, I'm glad that you despite not having the space you wanted did what you did with that space because it was such a beautiful experience. And if that's only a sliver of what you're capable of, um, I'm very jealous of the people in Copenhagen or going to Copenhagen who can experience your, your full activation, or not even activation, your full experience with everything that you had to offer. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think also we ended up being very happy with the space, nevertheless, because we do work very site specific. So we work with immersion and we also work with intervention. And so sentence governing is also an interventionist piece. So it takes whatever site and setting we intervene into deep consideration and it melts together with that space. So again, it's not a fiction that has to fit into a site. It's an intervention into an actual site. So the site that we ended up being in then that's it. Then it's not like you scale something into a new site. You start from scratch with that site, so to speak. Have you done sensuous governing in any other markets and any other spaces? Or is that the, the first time it's been done? We've done it at this, in the city hall of Copenhagen and the city hall of another city called uh, Odense. Yeah. In those spaces it, spaces, it was both city halls. So in the one in Copenhagen, it's there's a lot of politicians and policymakers working while we are doing it. And we were able to walk down a long hallway where people are talking about, you know, economy, finances, planning for the city. And then people are walking blindfolded and going into these sentious uh, kind of modes that we activate while listening to everyday life. Like that contrast of space and sound and focus is it's really striking, you know, so also because we don't put forth this, there is this anti-capitalist approach in our practice, but it's not like in your face. It's just, it, it's the sensuous society manifesto that our practice and manifestations evolve from because we explore what it means to inhabit this society in different ways, but it's not a spoken critique, but it's an underlying critique, but we also we work with, um, we try to manifest the alternative in our practice through this laboratory, but still the contrasts are always striking uh, between everyday life and this potential other world that you get to inhabit in, in Sister Soap University. There's, there, there's an image you evoked there of people moving, people moving who are blindfolded through the space with politicians and, and then engaging with the space uh, on a sensory level. I, I wonder if you could talk a bit about 
and maybe Katrina, you can also talk about what you did, but what people are doing as they're they're moving through through what you know this piece in particular, or maybe the pieces as a whole. Because I'm getting I'm getting a sense that that we're dealing with something that is you know non narrative but poetic uh, in a in a visceral sense about realigning how someone is engaging with the space around them and and maybe even engaging with the practices around them as if you're trying to create or not trying to create, but as you're sort of revealing a kind of poetic level of reality that is both possible and because you're doing it is you use the word manifest is is manifest in in that moment by having people move through it but at the end that also comes down to something really tactile really you really sensory so what are the things people tend to do as they're going through uh, this piece in particular yeah um i don't know catherine do you want to respond to that first maybe or um yeah i'll take a stab at it first and i mean mm-hmm. It's been some time since I've done it. So if I've forgotten any aspects or if there's anything that you want to add, let me know. Um, But when we first entered the building, um, we had to sign a contract. So we were given a a document that we read through. We had to sign off in a couple areas uh, and answer some leading questions as well. Uh, And then once we were brought inside, we were blindfolded. So I knew very little going into this, um, but just that moment where you lose that one sense and everything else is heightened um and you're i, I danced with one of the um the sisters at some point um and then we were led up the spiral staircase uh, and it's unnerving walking up stairs with the without the the use of your sight you know everything that i've been told when a child like don't run scissors don't like close your eyes or run the stairs all those alarms are going off in my head so it's nice to kind of tone that down um, and as we walked up the spiral staircase, um, we were given different senses to play with. So at one point, uh, my hands were washed. Um, at one point, I was given um, a, ro- a feather and then a rock to hold. Um, and then later on in the uh, progression, when I took my blindfold off, I realized as I looked down at the people who were doing the things that had, I had done beforehand, that that rock and the feather that I had been holding uh, I was actually holding above the, um, the 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 drop in the stairwell. So actually, if the people who were there with me had not been holding my hands properly, or if I had, for whatever reason, dropped the rock, I could have dropped it on someone underneath. Um, so that was a little unnerving, um, but I think really helped to tie together the whole I- idea of being present in your senses, but also the whole idea that what we were experiencing was very much a communal thing that we were doing all together. I also think you talked about how, so we, we work a lot with a framework, we call it framework. And then within that framework, it's lived life. We wouldn't call it improvisation because that connotes to something uh, theatrically, a, a theatrical um, exercise, which it's not. It's more that we donate our bodies to inhabit a sensuous society. So when we do our manifestations, we live in a sensuous society. And then 
our performative exercise is to inhabit that sentient society as deep as possible and then that transmits to the people we invite in so someone described it as not being a trick so in that way it's quite different from maybe other immersive performance where the fiction is very thick or you know you are kind of like it's a little bit of a trick you know you live inside a set design you're imagining you are somewhere else but you're really not it's the same here you're imagining to be in a sensual society but you also really live it because we live it we take that premise uh, as a given not as a trick it's our reality when we do it because we make that decision that now we live in a sensual and i think that the performing bodies transmit that more than doing one exercise performatively strong it's a transmission of them dwelling deep into their poetic self and inhabiting a sentient society and then relating from that mode of being in the world to the audience participants that we would never call audience participants, but in sentient governing citizens, in Sisters Hope Home inhabitants, in Sisters Academy students. So depending on the format, the audience participants are co-explorers in centuries governing their approach as citizens. So we kind of, we pull them into the sensual society through different exercises uh, manifested by our poetic self. And it's a framework that's, that's there, is a, there is a manifest, so there is a vision. There is a, there is a culture that has arisen. You'll see if you come to Sister's home, there are eggs everywhere. Why are there X everywhere, you know? That's just, it's important in, in the culture of a sensual society right now. There's a certain way people may be dressed, the people manifest their poetic self, but it's improvised. We would not use that word, but it's lived life within the framework. So the way also I'm the artistic director, I uh, direct, but I don't direct. I kind of teach people the method, methodology of finding their poetic self. And then the way we do sessions and evoke sensuous exercises, but then they live in that with their practices, if that makes sense. So it's like in between, it's not a device process, it's very framed, but within the framework, it's more spontaneous lived life. Does that make sense? So it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, like when, when you approach a new space, whether it's the city hall or a city hall, or it's the consulate, or, or, or the first time you, you began to inhabit the the home. Um, what, how do you, how do you get into the 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 revelation of this dimension, for for lack of a better term? Like, what do you, do you have a? You say you have a frame. Is is there is there an opening process of getting of getting folks to explore the space? Is is it something innate to each? each evoker that, that they're exploring kind of at their own pace, or do you have kind of a, a, a line of inquiry when you're first encountering a new set? Yeah, so, I mean, some sites we completely transform, like Sister Soap Home. So in that case, uh, it's very visual, like it's scenographic. But in the Danish consulate, for example, there was no set design, it's only bodies. So it's two different strategies depending on whether we completely transform the space or we just intervene. Um, but when we don't like, so there is a visual transformation of space sometimes, which makes it bigger. Uh, when we don't transform, it's more interventionist. 
uh, we have an auditive framework. So the soundscape is is installed in in for, in these spaces that we transform more. We have a soundscape that's everywhere, but in uh, but in the consulate, it's also um, silence or sometimes humming, or you know. So uh, so there is both a visual and auditive, and also the performative bodies are part of the. So when we do the interventions where we don't transform the space, the performers become space transformers mm. because they become they become images in space. So the performers are both, especially in a format like sensuous governing, they are both like installation pieces in and of themselves. So the training is also about being aware that you are an image in space and how that image it can also be a portal to some to the mystery or something otherworldly. Um, and but then we do go through, you know, a training program. So in the sisters performance method, there are three levels. It's like finding your poetic self, externalizing your poetic self and relating from your poetic self. And it's through that methodology that the performers find out how do I relate from my poetic self. And then there are some overall frameworking, um, that the slowness, the silence, the stillness that is almost always there in Sisters Hope in the frame because that contrasts everyday life so much because our everyday life right now in our time is fast and loud. So just being still or silent and slow is a contrast. So in that way, that can also be a portal into another way of being in the world that's simple. Um, and then within the spaces, for example, in home, where there are many performers doing different sessions based on their poetic self. Some sessions are very loud and very rowdy or very dirty, you know, with soil or, but that's, so there, but that's held by this overall framework that creates like otherworldliness when you just enter from the outside. Yeah. Tell us, tell us more about the home. Cause this is a, this is from, from one point of view, this is, a long form durational work that Sisters Hope is doing from from another point of view it's it's like the physical manifestation of the the tenants that you've created uh or at least I, I I'm, I'm making an assumption there that that's that's part of what's going on uh when did it emerge uh and and yeah like like what happens there what's 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 going on with that <laughs> yeah so i mean sister's hope is called sister's hope uh, because it was initiated by me and my poetic twin sister uh, back in 2007 then we wrote the manifest and then since that that all our performances have been exploring different aspects of a sensuous society um, so as I said, sensuous governing is governing structure. Uh, we have sensuous city, which is a 24-hour city walk, exploring public life and the sensuous and poetic layers of the city. Uh, we have Sisters Academy that has two formats, where one is the takeover, where we take over the leadership of real upper secondary schools and transform them completely into schools of a sensuous society. We have the boarding school where people enroll as students for 24 hours. And then we have Sisters Hope Home now, 
So, and they're all parallel. So we don't stop the other activities because we've opened Sisters Hope Home. Also, we are actually embarking on exploring the health sector of Essentia Society with a museum here in Denmark. We are like beginning to explore how would you be a client or hospitalized at a hospital in Essentia Society. But that's a new project. Mm. <laughs> so Sisters Hope Home is exploring domestic life in Essentia Society. So it's not, it's like parallel to the other activities we do. But Sisters Hope Home is exploring what is a home of Essentia Society? What is home? What is domestic life? How, and for the performers is to explore how can we host? Because in a home, you are a host, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then for us, that's interesting because it's a five-year performance piece. And with our, since we often transform spaces a lot, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a heavy, that's a heavy production. And you put it up and it, it also takes a lot of funding. And then after some weeks or months, it's taken down again and it's not so sustainable. That's one thing. The other thing is that a lot of people want to come back because it often sells out really quickly, these inhabitational formats where you stay for 24 hours because, for example, in the last boarding school, there were 30 performers and 30 students could enroll. (laughs) <laughs> so wow. it's only yeah. pretty per yeah. yeah. And so so here for five years, you know, people can come back and we have a format that I'm very think is very interesting here called this Sun Patu and Moon Patu. So Sun Patu you come back, you buy a ticket to come back every year every month for a year, and then you have homework in between, like where you anchor the poetic and sensuous into your everyday life. Um that's one format. Uh, and moon is the same just half a year so people commit for a year you know to come back every month and to integrate and yeah integrate the senses and predict into their everyday life and that's where it becomes you know quite activist and quite you know emerge that's where life and and art really begin to emerge for the patuan inhabitants um and then we also have other participatory levels here, like people who come for 24 hours. We have residency programs where people come to do both researchers, artists, teachers, activists, whatever, comes to do residency programs here to explore their own framework, you know, their own practice, to explore their own practice within the framework of a sentient society. So what would my astrophysic research be like in, if I was living in a sentient society. So the idea is that all aspects of our life is informed by the current paradigm of economic rationality. It's inescapable from the moment we are born. That's our reality, and it defines so many aspects of our life. Hmm. So the residency programs, people come to explore their practice, having escaped that reality and trying to feel, uh, yeah, explore and be curious about their practice uh, in an immersive space and within the context of a sentient society. And then we also have um, a sentient learning program for the local community, children and young people who come here to have sentient learning classes uh, and explore their poetic self, you know, in school contexts or kindergarten contexts or even nursery contexts. Yeah. So 
because we have a five-year performance piece and a home, we can unfold all these different participatory levels and really begin to work with what we call democratizing the aesthetic. Yeah. And then it's more permanent. I also think we've explored this kind of post-liminal longing. So when people have been in our universes, many long to come back. And then it's like, yeah, uh, in two years in Helsinki, you can come, you know, <laughs> but here you can come back on a more permanent basis. So we also talk about a movement away from post-liminal longing into constant belonging. And that's linked to many participants' experience of wanting to come back and then not being able to because maybe the next immersive performance is happening in two years in some other part of the world. Uh, so this thing about um, enabling, so Sisters Hope Home is also enabling for people to have constant belonging rather than post-liminal longing, uh, which for me um, also makes sense in terms of moving away from not only spectatorship and temporary participation into more permanent inhabitation of the arts. And um, maybe the last comment in relation to that is also that um, we talk about the poetic self being inherent. So the poetic self is not a fiction or a character. It's inherent poetic potential that we all have. Uh, and it's just lat latent, latent in our life. And then when we, um, like I say, manifest our performances, because then that latent, inherent poetic sensuous life become manifest in the world. So it, it's always there. But our environment doesn't call for, it's not called forth because we don't live in an environment that support that's, that part of our being. But when we immerse in environments that supports that part of our being, it can be, it can emerge, it can manifest. This all makes a lot of sense to me, actually. <laughs> so, okay. like, like I, 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 I fully, I fully grok it. Like I've, so I have this as in my, in my middle school years, I had this kind of wild idea, and, and there's a resonance here. This isn't the same idea. I this wild idea that if I knew enough about a fictional reality. I could transport myself there, like bodily, uh, which obviously you, you can't do. But there's a way in which if you behave as if you are moving through that space, you start to take on the qualities of that space. And then that space can start to be reflected by your own actions because you're sort of making that space around you this this has like uh, I, I'm feeling resonance there for me because this notion that there are modes of being of 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 moving through our reality that, like you say, are latent, right? that are that are within us that we don't allow ourselves and that the space around us doesn't afford for us. Um, and then when you when you shift, that paradigm when you shift so that you are inviting people and then making physical affordances for that, then it kind of just can start tumbling out of you. Right. Mm. Like it's, it's not even, it's not even by design or script. It's, it's just behavior that emerges. Mm. And then suddenly we are bringing forth this, this 
alternate reality, if you will. And I feel like a lot of people, when, when you get into the, the wide realm of immersive and, and people making long form immersive theater pieces or alternate reality games, you know, while they may be conjuring fictions to do this, all of it is scratching around this idea of how do we move through space? Who could we be if we were, if we were a, a abandoned is the wrong word, but if we were setting aside our, our day-to-day persona for a bit and embracing a, a different aspect of ourselves. One thing I really loved about Sensuous Governing, actually, I, I mentioned earlier how one of the first things we did was answer a bit of a questionnaire. At the end of the experience, we were asked to revisit our answers to that and to reflect mm. on how us connecting with our senses and with the quiet and the groundedness impacted our perception of those answers that we gave previously. And I, I loved that. I really did because it, uh, like Gree was saying, it, it added a bit of the permanence to it. It made it more than just a, a fleeting experience. And by taking that time to really reflect and to write things down, it really stuck with me longer and helped me to, like you were saying, Noah, create that, that world, that environment and have it stick with me for longer. So that whole concept, I think, is, was written into the whole way that sensuous governing worked. And I would love to see the way it comes to life within your other experiences as well, too. Yeah. And I also think it's really important that because now I talk a lot about democratizing the aesthetic, enabling and creating spaces to unfold and manifest inherent poetic potential that our everyday doesn't allow for. But it's really important also to say that artistic quality is important because that's the portal. So it, it is art mm. pieces because sometimes people, so that's the portal, uh, you know, it's, um, so it, it can't just be a random um, setup of slowness and sensuousness. Maybe it can, but then that's not what we are doing. So we are really also interested in this being so specific and so precise and trained so much and create art pieces that can open like a portal to the mystery of the otherworldly or the Latin poetic life. Because if that's not there, it's not really an invitation. Sorry. If that's not there, it's not really an invitation. Then, you know, it's uh, so it's that it's that care for the artwork is also really, really important. And I think that it's good to mention that when we talk about all these other healing aspects of the practice, which is there because our society longs so much for other modes of being in the world. It's We all know how dysfunctional our current paradigm is right now. And we can create altern- we can create alternatives, we can create practices, and art can be used for that as well. That's also why um, Marcuse pointed that the aesthetic dimension and Haraway looks towards the arts today to understand multi-species kinship and stories of how that can unfold. Because art does that. It has that freedom to create different ways of inhabiting the world. But when it really works, that's where the artwork is also, where, the, where, where it's really strong and takes artistic practice really serious. So I think there is a lot to unpack in the arts, a lot to understand also in its methodology. Um, so it's not compromising the methodology it's taking it extremely serious and applying it uh, into other parts of society as well. Um, it's paradoxical because on one hand, we kind of 
you know, during the, when art became autonomous and we have the positions of the art genius as someone with a very special transcending intelligence, we don't subscribe to that at all. We talk about democratizing the aesthetic and that everyone has inherent potential. They just need environments to unfold it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we don't talk about art being applied or um, being colonized by our current paradigm and just be translated. We talk sensual society, art is the governing structure. So it's a completely, it's a turnaround. It's not art being applied to support another agenda. It's art setting the agenda, but then helping and supporting economy or politics, or, you know, it's, it's the governing structure of that system. So then how would we do politics if we were living in a sensual society? We would do it differently. Today, the cultural ministries are—they have very low budgets, and it's—it's uh, it's not prioritized in any way. So I think that's important. I—I I wrote an artistic research PhD called "Sensual Society: Carving the Path Towards a Sustainable Future uh, Through Aesthetic Inhabitation, Stimulating Ecologic Connectedness." And I mentioned that because I have a section on this, what you could call aestheticization versus sensuous society it's two different things so aestheticization is capitalism kind of using art to fuel another agenda but sensuous society is a society in which everything serves the aesthetic dimension and and it's not a conclusion because we don't know that society would probably be dysfunctional as well. It has dysfunctional <laughs> aspects. It's not a conclusion, but 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 we are trying to put to debate how underprioritized it's been. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're yeah. not concluding. Uh, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not a It's not a teleological endpoint that's being sought. It's no. a. It's no. a. It's an. It's an intentional inversion of the current order in order to understand where the balance point should be right yes. like we're we're deeply deeply out of balance um and and uh the only people denying that are either deeply in pain or profiting greatly from uh from ignoring the lack of balance um this has been fantastic uh you mentioned you mentioned the home is a five-year durational project what what year are you on of that? How, how much more time is left uh, yeah. for the whole? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are on the third year, I think. Yeah, we have, uh, yeah, it closes in December 25, unless we decide to continue. But as, not, as of now, it closes in December 25. All right, so you have two more go. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, have to, <laughs> yeah I have to get myself to Copenhagen. I, I've yeah. been uh, daydreaming and looking at flights. I, I mean, <laughs> Uh, when I was in Edinburgh as well, I did meet a, a couple other uh, Danish people who were telling me how they, they've been to some of the other things that you've done and how much they loved it. And like you were saying, how sensuous governing really only scratches the surface. So as soon as I can find a good flight, uh, I'll, I'll give you a call, Gree. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, Gree, thank you so much for opening a little, a little verbal portal into the world of, of Sisters Hope for us today. Um, we'll have links to everything in the show notes, uh, in, in, you know, you know, the, the, your website has, has got it all. That's the easy part. So if people land on the website, they'll be able to find everything you talked about, uh, about, uh, about, about the, 
the, the book you talked about, about the, the home, everything is there. Uh, and I encourage people to explore and, and hopefully, uh, your, 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 your visiting New York has inspired some stuff and maybe, maybe there'll be a manifestation, uh, here in North America before too long. So thank you. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Gree for being our guest this week and Katrina for being our co-host. Check the show notes for links to Katrina's uh, Edinburgh coverage, to more to Sisters Hope directly, everything you might want uh, to follow up on after the interview going to be in the show notes. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, I am, <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, I've been running around a lot. Uh, I need to take a little, a little breather here, uh, but we'll be back next week. We've got plenty of episodes uh, planned out or already in the can. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, the, the, the year is popping off to a quick, quick start. And I'm quite grateful for that. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Let's do the end. Uh, the associate producer of the podcast is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar the Podcast. Special thanks to Shavana Lachlan for voicing our intro. And this thing is my fault. I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>